0: So, uh, um, I must say that I'm very blessed by so many um, very younger people that are that are um, interested in what what the Lord is saying to us on a Sunday, you know. So, uh, <coughs> but I have a lot of teaching to get through. Do you mind sharing, if I share a little bit of, do you mind sharing a little bit, Niklaus? Or would you like me to share for you? Hmm? I can share for you. Okay, Nicholas. Yeah. No, one of these days I'm telling you he shared with me. Yeah. He shared with me personally and I saw his book of the notes that he makes. And um he has a special book. He takes he takes um notes on his cell phone while we're ministering. Um And Nico and Amanda said to me, he's not playing on his phone when he's in service. He's taking notes. And so then I was privileged to see his file. I was privileged to see his file. Precious. Precious. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's got his notes on the 1st of October, Pastor John's message. And... um, Oh, I really like this part. He's got this be not drunk with wine. Be filled with the spirit. <laughs> He's got these emoticons and be not drunk with wine next to wine is this one glass with wine in, you know. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's precious. Really the children in the church that are listening to what the Lord is saying. Yeah. So I just wanted to share this with you before I start on my journey to. Uh, I, I, this might be the last holy vigil. Um, we'll see when Pastor John comes back what he wants to do with us because he's been watching all of these and he's been very with us and he's been very, he's, he's, he's in the same wonderment about it as we are. And so he might just say, "Why don't you continue until December or before we close at the end of the year, let's just be in this crossover commemorative, you know, And yes, we are doing, we are we, we're busy with the song and we're busy with the holy weave. And so uh I'm just going to share just something God gave me in April this year already that is in my in my heart just like a little psalm. I'm intentional to overcome every temptation of the evil one, whether in my flesh or circumstance brought about. With great intent, I activate my faith, I speak his word and praise and shout. And so I master sin that wants to enter in, and so change the circumstance with my two edged sword, the high praises of God and the spirit dance. In distractions of this age I will not permit my shift to gaze to, to gaze I will not permit to shift my gaze I do not permit To shift my gaze My eyes they're looking right on They're permanently fixed on the sun Right Now say so God gives you a little Ditty like that Just to speak every now and again And uh So let me just start here, Father we thank you for you having your way this afternoon and that our ears are listening Lord and um, so I'm going to share a little bit from my journal of what he spoke to me personally actually already in 2020, it was 2020, 2022, August he started to speak to me about Satan seeks to distract you in your mind with any and every and all sorts of kinds of things and kinds of things. He speaks to your mind. He shows things to you to take time to ponder and wonder about so that you take time out of spirit time. Wow. Wow. It's mental. He wants you mental, not spiritual. As much as he can, as often as he can, he does this. He wants you to take the thought. But you, Isaiah 26.3, you keep your mind stayed on me and don't mind him. Keep your mind stayed on me, Isaiah 26.3. Use your weapon of joy. And rejoicing and praise. Use the sword of my word. Keep moving forward. He is defeated. Continue to enforce his defeat. The distractions of this age he spoke to me about. Right, so distraction is drawing someone's attention away from him and his word. A distraction is meant to draw you away from God and his word. From God's personally. Just wanting to be with him. Just wanting to be with him. You know? A A distraction is a disturbance in the mind. A distraction is to turn or draw a mind aside. Or away from an object. Is he not the object of our affection? Satan would seek to turn and draw our minds away from our object, to draw in different directions. A distraction um, is to render someone frantic. A distraction is to be disordered in intellect. Isn't that amazing? Right? So he says this to me. He just was speaking to me. He does this. Intentional it is. He endeavors to draw you and drag you away from me by having your you mentally distraught. He's a mental strategist. He's a mentalist. He literally sets out to draw us apart, you and me, to pull you mentally in different direction and separate you from pure spirit life. His strategy is to th- attempt to throw you into mental confusion and mental condition. He works... To turn you and draw you from me, who is the object of your affection. He works to divert you from where you're going in me to another point. Towards various other objects as to distract your eye. And I've got this in inverted commas, eye. As to distract your eye and your attention. Let your eye be sound. He hopes to distract your eye by a multiplicity of objects. Objects a lust of the eyes he works to draw you towards different objects and to fill your mind with different considerations so you are perplexed this is harassment to distress to distract you with cares even about yourself and when you find yourself thus your mind is to be stayed on me your mind is to be desiring to be stayed only on me it's supposed to be he's the enemy of this he works against this to blow up your peace because that's what that scripture says he keeps his mind stayed on you he keeps you in perfect peace he works to blow up your peace to disorder your thoughts to derange your spiritual intellect hmm. <laughs> Do not permit him submit yourself to me immediately, and so speak and so speak to him, yes, I resist you, satan i 'm not permitting you i 'm not taking this thought saying i 'm not permitting you, I am thinking on whatsoever things are lovely and pure and good and true um Switching my thinking, right? So speak, so speak when he's doing that. When you've lost your peace and your joy, you, you can know that you have a let him work in you. When your peace and your joy is not there, you've let him work in you. You're in agreement with him. You're cooperating with him, right? It's a good gauge, that. So resist the devil, speak, speak, and he will flee. Keep your mind stayed on me. This is, Gird up the loins of your mind. That's 1 Peter 1.13. Gird up the loins of your mind. I have put my laws in your heart and written them in your mind. So think on whatsoever things are. Here's Philippians 4.8 from the West Bible. So think on whatsoever things have the character of truth. Think and speak about whatever things are worthy of reverence. Think things that are righteous and just. Think things that are pure. Think things that are lovely. Think things that are attractive and of a good report. Whatever excellence there is. Whatever fit object of praise. Think about these things. Make all these the subject of your careful reflection. Glory to God. So. That's. Wonderful, right? So the, just, to, just to know that the devil works in your mind to distract you. That's simply put. To know that he will always be attempting to do that. To, keep your, to get you out of your spirit life into mental life. Keep you. How is it that he put that? It was so, no, so good. Um... The demonic distractions. Yes. It's mental he wants you. Mental, not spiritual. Oh, he shows you things. He speaks to your mind to take for you to take time to ponder and wonder about so that you take time out of spirit time. Right? So. So now I'm going to come To a part of my teaching here. And so Hebrews 2.18. Jesus runs to assist us when we're being tempted. Because Jesus himself in his humanity. Has suffered in being tempted, tested and tried. He is able immediately to run to the cry. To run to the cry of. To assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried, and who are therefore being exposed to suffering, and we're going to, I'm going to show you the the Lord how the Lord showed me about the buffeting, the the temptation that Paul experienced, and then also one Peter four twelve, five says, don't be amazed and bewildered that you're being tempted. Don't be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange, unusual, and alien to you in your position were befalling you. Don't don't think it's strange that you're being tempted, distracted. It's what he does. It's what he does with humanity, especially those of us that are... um, Receiving such abundance of revelation is where I'm coming to. So he's able to run to the cry of. So there's got to be a cry from you to him. So he is able to run to the cry of to assist and relieve those of being tempted. So there must be a cry from you to him. While you've decided to be settled in your temptation and be tempted and stay tempted and stay In this condition of state of mind. And you're not making a cry to him. To assist you. He'll let you be. But when you make your cry to him. I'm overcoming this Lord. Help. Which we will see now is what Paul did. He made his request to God. Actually. Because the buffeting of Satan was so much. So. So. Don't be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though something strange and unusual and alien to you were befalling you. But insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, rejoice. Rejoice. All right, so. We've looked. Okay. We've seen quite... Um, clearly from God's word that Satan always comes to steal and take away. It, it comes to attempt to steal and take away the word of God from your heart before you can grow and develop into a tree of life of God. Because you're supposed to grow and develop as, into maturity as a son of God. And that's what causes you. this the word of God that brings you to maturity. The word in you brings you to maturity. Didn't we have a wonderful time this morning? And we I feel so washed and clean and so wow, right? I mean, we just all had circumcision together. Isn't that amazing? It's like we had the experience together. All of us. Like they had when they got When they crossed over, we're having overlapping things now. But isn't that wonderful? That they were all like circumcised and they all had to be healed together. And it's just exactly what God had us experience personally for ourselves this morning. Like, wow, Lord. So good. So good. And so I believe we will go now and we will grow now. So we will go and so we will grow now. And so we've had a sample of it. We've had a foretaste of what it's going to be like. What Pastor John said. What about this circumcision? Well, we're going to have moments like this with God where we we're going to let it cut us. You know? And um I mean that's not that's, that's, the, that's the major way that God will do it, is through his word. He will do this like he did this morning, through a word that he brings. And then we all go, oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's very similar to what we experienced when the Tuesday night prayer, when, when the Lord showed me, and you, you people are always complaining and murmuring about the conditions in Whitbank. Yeah. That's right. It was just on a different level. We all realized and we went, we all together, all of us on that, we all went, oh my word, of course this is what we're doing. And we all became a non-murmuring people, just like that. Just like that. We became a taking authority, dominion, praising, thanking God for undertaking for us people. And so we go. And God is pleased. God is pleased. So... So God has designed for us all to live. I'm coming now into the buffeting. God has designed for us all to live in an abundance of revelation. You and I have to realize that we are living together in abundance of revelation. Pop, pop, pop. Our eyes, spiritual eyes are popping open all the time with the revelations that keep coming to us. Right? Right? And now God is helping us to say, okay, now you know what thorns are. You know what thorns are. Right? All your worries and all your cares and all your questionings and all your doubtings and all your insecurities and all your desires for other things and and all of the distractions of this age you're giving yourself. No, no, no. If you're wanting maximum off the word, come on, let me help you with this. Right? But now... Revelation, we got revelation this morning, didn't we? Yeah. Wasn't that a revelation what Pastor Garth shared? About every child that has a smartphone that goes into their bedroom with a smartphone. Parents allow their children to go into their bedrooms with a smartphone, 100% of them. Isn't that going to be a conversation now? I I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm hopeful that this will be a conversation that will happen. You know. That will happen between husbands and wives. You know. I mean, for Garth, because for Garth it was, um, you know, this is just they not getting a smartphone till they're eighteen. That's it. Unthinkable. Everybody's got a smartphone. They don't care. They're protecting their children. They're raising the next generation to go much further than they went. Hallelujah. Right? Glory to God. We're protecting little eyes. We're protecting eyes, the eyes of our children. Because the eye gate and the ear gate is the entrance to your heart. It's the entrance to your heart. And the book of Proverbs says, Guard your heart with all vigilance. For out of the heart flow all the issues of your life. Guard. Vigilantly, diligently guard your heart. And the ear gate, the eye gate and the ear gate are the gateway to your heart. What you hear, what you see, but also what you say. Okay. And so the abundance of revelation. 1 Corinthians 2 7, Amplified Bible. Let me read this to you. What we are setting forth. Mm, It would have been wonderful if we could have had scriptures up. Do you think I can ask Leanne? Can you, Leanne? Because I know you are so smart, you can concentrate on both at once, you can listen. You can listen intently and put the scriptures up. Thank you, Leanne. Because I'm actually picking up this morning to finish today, right? Aren't you grateful? Oh, I'm so grateful that God wants to just finish this off so beautifully. Such a beautiful package. So this is, God wants you to see about the glory and revelation, right? Revelation, enlightenment where the Spirit shows you something. The Spirit shows us. So it's 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7 in the Amplified Bible. There it is. Rather, Apostle Paul is speaking to the church. What we are setting forth is the wisdom of God once hidden from human understanding and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. Revelation lifts us into the glory of his presence. We're going to go to Isaiah 42, 21. Thank you, amplified. Isaiah 42, 21, amplified. Look at what God does here with revelation. It's the Lord's pleasure for his righteousness' sake. In accordance with the steadfast, consistent purpose. Hasn't he got a steadfast, consistent purpose with us? Mm -hmm. Hasn't he been teaching us very step by step? Training us, raising us, right? So it is the Lord, it is the Lord's with us now. Pleasure for his righteousness sake in accordance with his steadfast, consistent purpose to magnify instruction and revelation. To magnify instruction and revelation and glorify them. Christ in me, my expectation of glory comes from revelation. Revelation. I want us to look at that again. It was the Lord's pleasure for his righteousness sake in accordance with the steadfast consistent purpose. To magnify instruction and revelation and glorify them. What did he do with us this morning? What has he been doing with us? What's he doing with us right now? He's magnifying instruction and revelation. And we're experiencing the glory of it. It lifts us into the presence, into the glory of his presence. That's how you're supposed to experience revelation. Every time you receive revelation and instruction that should be a glorious thing to you you should be in the glory in the glory hallelujah it's you're in his presence so I'm going to read you something on uh, revelation knowledge that brother Jerry brought did I bring it? Please let me have bring it, brought it. Oh, yes, here. Yeah. 2016, um, a message of his that I transcribed. I can't remember where it was, but it says here, Brother Jerry said here, there is a breaking loose of revelation knowledge that will take my church, to levels of victorious living like never before. Levels of revelation knowledge, breaking loose. We have it all the time. Teachings like rain. Right? Levels you never experienced before. That which is way beyond the norm and the usual. Which means we're going to experience God's glory. Because revelation lifts us up into his glory, right? We're going to experience his manifest presence. His manifest power in our lives. His manifest goodness. His glory, right? Levels you never experienced before. That which is way beyond the norm and the usual. Revelation extensive and vast and too wonderful for words. Sumptuous, elaborate, numerous, great over anything Distinguished, magnificent Proverbs 2.6 he brought Every word he speaks is full of revelation If you do what it says, you will reign in life I'm just reading a little bit of it I can't read the whole message Revelation knowledge takes you to a higher level and causes levels and causes you to rule and reign like never before. the Bible can be lived by the word is to be lived by a greater degree of engagement with the word of God now right so In Matthew 16 verse eighteen so sometimes i can 't discern whether it 's me or brother Jerry because I, when as i 'm transcribing the Lord speaking to me so it 's brother Jerry and I um, On this rock of revelation knowledge, I will build my church. He builds his church on revelation knowledge. In other words, he reveals things to us as a people. That's how he builds us. When you build your life, it says here, On this rock of revelation knowledge, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you build your life on revelation, it will cause you to be impervious to all hell, and superior to your adversary. They will not overcome and conquer you. Revelation is the foundation for reigning in life. All things he has prepared for you, you will you will have. Revelation knowledge takes you higher still into another realm and another realm. And another and another. A great breaking loose of revelation knowledge which we have never experienced before. The above and beyond is the realm you will live in with revelation knowledge. Knowledge shall increase in these last days. Daniel 12, 4, you can go and read that. And he said, again, I believe there is a great breaking loose of revelation knowledge. What we are headed for will surpass what even Dad Hagen knew. And he impacted the world. The increase of the spirit of seeing and knowing. The church is going a further and ahead. Because of what he did, we can now move ahead. The Lord is in a hurry. It's been reserved for us for now. There are some deep things that God of revelation knowledge that God has reserved for us. Proverbs 4.7 says, Revelation knowledge is what you need, so invest in it. This is what he said. Completely saturate your spirit. If you truly want to go to a higher level, Brother Jerry said, completely saturate your spirit with revelation knowledge. The days ahead are going to get stormier. You are going to have to keep inputting revelation knowledge to take you to a higher level of victory. Be completely covered, arrayed, and surrounded with revelation knowledge. Limitless revelation knowledge is what we have available to us right now. Jeremiah 33.3 Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things fenced in and hidden which you do not know, which you do not understand. Glory. Every revelation takes me to another level. Ha ha ha. Glory to God. So does that, that, isn't that wonderful revelation knowledge the breaking loose of revelation knowledge. So I'm going to remind you about what Brother Rick Renner said and what I share a lot at prayer on a Tuesday. We have access to the revelations of this apostle. These revelations are to lead us to spiritual heights heights, and to depths of revelation. A New Testament apostle is given revelation of truth and deeply spiritual experiences filled with insight. I mean, you may not recognize it, but maybe you do. But Pastor John has been in front of our eyes, undergoing deeply spiritual experiences in his pursuit of Brother Jerry. We've been watching him undergo deeply spiritual experiences in honor, in, in, in love, in with, with deeply spiritual experience. Deeply spiritual experience, right? And the, the rolling of that revelation knowledge just keeps coming to us. Our eyes keep seeing it, our ears keep hearing it, our mouths keep speaking it. So, deeply spiritual experiences filled with insight. If people are connected to a particular apostle, they have access to spiritual truths they wouldn't have been able to obtain on their own. What's happening to these people? They're being set free. In this sense, an apostle is a spiritual passport that gives believers right of passage into heavenly realms and deep spiritual truths. Because we're divinely connected to this apostle, we have access into the revelations, into the realms of the spirit with God. Oh, wow. It's God's order. It's how it works. And so... An apostolic anointing literally takes a church to new levels in its spiritual growth. That's why we're experiencing such spiritual growth. Aren't you? Haven't you been? Yes, you are. It's because the revelations that are coming, the enlightenment that we're receiving it's taking this church us all which is us people to new levels in its spiritual growth that it could never reach apart from the apostles anointing a man of divine revelation carrying with him a man of divine revelation carrying with him supernatural insight and revelation vital for the growth and the building up of the people in the church That's why we are like that scripture I read to you from Job. We open up our mouths as for the spring rain. Let this message rain on rain. Teachings like rain. Right? Glory to God. He said to me, That the purpose of being caught up by my spirit into the realms of the spirit is that there can be and emerge my remnant that will exercise authority of Jesus given them. That together Christ and the overcomers will achieve my purpose. I am bringing many sons into glory, Hebrews 2.10. How is he bringing us into glory? Revelation. I'm bringing many sons into my glory. Catching them up I am to rule and reign with me in the earth, to subdue kingdoms. These are the overcomers to whom I can give all I promised my church in the book of Revelation. You are all people on this journey with me. My church must have these revelations from me. It's the only way it can accurately journey with me. In them, then, is everything they need for a victorious, successful, prosperous journey. Joshua 1. Caught up, my people. Caught up, my people see me And they see the sun. You see, revelation catches you up into the spiritual realm. And when you're caught up into the spiritual realm, you you can see what he's doing. You can see him. You can understand. We can all do that together as a people. Right? Caught up, my people see me. They see the sun. They see the Holy Spirit. And who they are with me and in me and with each other. When my people who give me their everything, who come to me for my everything in my time, in their time. And then there was a pause and he said, the enemy comes. Idyllic, ideal that I've just described, right? Glorious, right? Glorious, victorious, triumphant. Revelations lifting us up into the realm of the spirit. Oh, with our Father, we see each other, we see Him, we see the Holy Spirit, we have recognition of the time, glorious, 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 and the enemy comes. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 9, King James Version. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 to 9. Now this is how the Lord taught me about the Buffet. You just get the the Buffet. I really needed this revelation because I was undergoing what Paul went. Ugh, my book is almost finished. My 2022-23 book. Hmm. All right. The buffet. Rahman. Here he is. Okay, the buffet. Because I was, I was, I, I had a cry. I went to God, help, what's happening to me? What's happening to me? Because when temptation comes, time of temptation comes, the first thing the enemy wants you to do is point a finger at yourself. you bad, bad, you think you've made spiritual progress, you think this is just your bad old you again. This is just your bad old you again. That's the first thing he wants you to do so that he can put his slime on you and you can keep it on you for a long time. So, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Now, those is what's underlined, what God underlined for me in the scripture. Through the abundance of revelations. Can you see that? Is that what we have as a people together? We have abundance of revelations, Hebertus. Yo. Abundance of revelations. It was given me. A thorn in the flesh, not by God. Don't let your mind even go there. We already established it this morning. Let no man say when he's tempted that he's tempted of God. God is incapable of doing that. There was given me a thorn in the flesh. What's that? See the thorn again? See the flesh? The thorn in the flesh. The thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan. God and Satan are not working together. They're not in cahoots together over your life. Don't let anybody ever tell you that. There was given me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me. Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, look at that, three Psalms, thrice, that it might depart from me. This is a terrible temptation I'm going through. This buffeting, this messenger from Satan, this thorn in my flesh, it's making my flesh, that Afrikaans word crevel, I don't know, you know what I mean? It's like, it just keeps getting in my flesh, wants me to get in the flesh. This thorn trying to brick me in my flesh so I can get in the flesh. And then he's got me. Right? Whatever form your buffet is going to take. Heritage of faith people receiving abundance of revelations. Know that he's coming to buffet you. He's already come. He's already coming and he will come to buffet you because of the abundance of revelation that you're receiving so that it doesn't happen in your life. Because he knows everything that I read from Brother Jerry about revelation, what it can produce in you as a son of God. Your authority, your glory, your sonship, your... Right? So, And this for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Right. So, I'm coming to a fuller explanation of this. Buffett, This word buffet means to strike with a fist or hand, to cuff, to box, to slap, to strike, to punch. It's a blow. A buffet is a blow struck with a fist or a blunt weapon. It's a cunning trick. It's a puff of wind. That, for me, was so interesting because a puff of wind is like the spirit of fear. (sighs) He just comes like a puff of wind. Fear. Fear now. (sighs) spirit of fear. It's the breath of Satan and his demons. Fear now. Fear. And it almost paralyzes you at times. That's how real Satan is. That's what a spirit of fear does. That's what a spirit of lust does. That's what the spiritual activity in the heavenly realm does. That's the vomit. That's the slime that Pastor John was reading about. in, in, in the crossover messages. That's what they do. One of the things it does, that he says that Pastor John read out of that book The Spiritual Activity in the Heavenlies directed towards us, the church, marching against us, is that it attaches, a spirit attaches itself to a movie. A spirit attaches itself to a TV series. A spirit attaches itself to a famous performer That. That performs on the stage, that spirit attaches itself and so that when you give yourself to that, that slam just comes over you. And it desensitizes thousands of people at the same time that come to the stadiums to worship Freddie Mercury, to worship, to worship Lady Gaga, to they go Gaga. To worship, to worship, to worship. That slam and everything, all of that is there. They attach themselves. Two famous people like that. And desensitize thousands of people at the same time. Right? You see how that works? So, Buffett. A puff of wind. <whistles> Luck. <whistles> Fear. <whistles> Lust. Lust greed. Fear. That's how they work. That's how they work. Jealous. Envy. Pride. just a principality and a power and a ruler of darkness. It's just spiritual activity in the heavenlies. And like Pastor John says, we think it's just us. It's not just us. It's us, the thorn in the flesh, buffeting us. Right? So, to strike repeatedly is to buffet, is to strike forcefully, intentionally, and repeatedly, like a battering ram. Because if you don't speak and you don't deal with it, eventually he's going to break down your resistance if you're not recognizing what's happening to you here. You understand that? If you think it's just you and you're taking condemnation, slum. Right? That's the slum. You're letting it it, 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 it impact you. To buffet is to strike repeatedly. Buffet, buffet, buffet. He was coming against Apostle Paul with the same things. Buffet, buffet, buffet. And Paul was having to deal with it. Spiritually. And he was saying, I, I don't need this. I am wanting to preach the gospel. I'm a twinning. Peace, Lord. Peace, Father. Peace, Father. Peace, Lord. I don't want war. Peace. Peace, bruh. Peace. Peace. Love, not war. <laughs> take it away, Lord, take it away, Lord. You see? Strike repeatedly. You go to bed with it at night, you wake up with it in the morning. If you're busy during the day, maybe you'll have a bit of a respite, but the moment there's some nothing to do, then there it is again. <laughs> it's who he is and it's what he does. You might as well know. You cannot say, I don't want war. He brings the war to your door. That's why Jesus had to come and defeat him. So that we could. To frustrate, to buffet means to contest. To frustrate and resist. Jesus was buffeted. In Mark 14... And um, we can go to verse 25, Mark 14, verse 65. Mark 14, verse 65. And some, this was when he was going through his trial, and some began to spit on him and cover his face and to buffet him and to say to him, Professor. And the servants did struck him with the palms of their hands. They buffeted Jesus. Jesus knows what a buffet is about. Jesus knows what a buffet is about. That's why he could say to Paul, My grace, it was sufficient for me to go to the cross to experience that buffeting. Sufficient for me, it's sufficient for you. You can do this, Paul. So, So this is what the messenger sent from Satan does. To your mind, to get to your flesh, to get for you to get in the flesh and be overcome. Repeatedly, strike your mind, get to your emotions, strike again and again, forcefully, with a breath, a puff of wind... With cunning, with mind games, it's a thorn in your flesh, intended to get in you in your flesh, to get you to be carnal, think carnal, operate in your carnal nature, which is devilish. Help me, Lord, stop this, remove this operation of the devil from me. And the, uh, this is, I believe, the t- Passion Translation. My grace is continually sufficient in you to ward it off. My grace is continually sufficient in you to ward it off, to overcome him and resist him, and he will flee from you. It is written, comes out your mouth. Jesus had to speak to the devil when he was on the earth. Jesus, when Jesus was being tempted, it says, and Satan said, if you go and read the the temptation of Jesus in all the different um, gospels. And Satan said to Jesus. And Jesus said to Satan. He didn't think to Satan, he said to Satan. And Satan said to Jesus, and Jesus said to Satan. That's one thing that I really learned from my spiritual father, my then spiritual father, Kennedy e. Hagen. He spoke. The enemy Repeatedly and consistently Because he too was buffeted He too was buffeted I remember Him saying things like Sometimes the enemy would come at me So much that I wanted to Just die and go to heaven That was what Paul was experiencing Take it away from me or else let me just die and come Home Peace, peace, peace I don't want to war You know But we're developing an appetite for war, boy. So, Sharon, he said to me here, it is each person's own desires and thoughts that drag him into evil and lure them away into darkness. Evil desires give birth to evil actions, and when sin is fully mature, it has you. With a sensitive spirit, absorb my word, And speak my word, for the word of life has power to continually deliver you. Great. Great. So that's what the thorn in your flesh is to bait your flesh. So you can get in the flesh. You understand that? Isn't this beautifully, very clearly put? Because you're part of an ecclesia that gets abundance of revelation. You will have this. You will have this buffeting. To where it can become so intense that you say, Lord, enough now. And God will say, you can do it continually, repeatedly. My grace is there for you to overcome. So, so James 4, verses 6 to 7 in the Amplified. It's only like this in the Amplified. It's magnificent. He gives us more and more grace. What is grace? Please have a beautiful look at this. What is grace? It's more and more power of the Holy Spirit to overcome every evil tendency. This scripture in the Amplified has saved my life so many times. He gives me more and more power. He gives me more and more grace. He gives me more and more power power of the holy spirit to overcome every evil tendency fully fully wah oh, how great is his grace That's why Pastor John's been reading the epistles. And the epistles start off with, may grace and peace be poured out to you. May grace and peace be poured out to you. May grace be poured out to you. Yes, it's poured out by the Holy Spirit in my heart. It's his enablement. It's his more and more power to overcome every evil tendency fully. I mean, I think it's the book of Zechariah where it says, well, you've got to cry, grace, grace, to the mountain. Crying, grace, grace, to the mountain. There's a mountain in front of you. Grace, grace. More and more power of the Holy Spirit. More and more power of God. But the battle is real. It's between your two ears. Pew, pew, he comes. Buffet, buffet, buffet. Right? So, that's why, so, the power, grace is the power of the Holy Spirit to meet every evil tendency and all others fully. This evil tendency and all others. What evil tendency? The thorn that's in my flesh, for me to get in the flesh. This evil tendency. It's very practical, the Bible. It's very beautiful, right? And so, so that's why God says he sets himself against the proud and haughty, but gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. So be subject to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then this is what he said to me, to say, the thorn is in your flesh. See that, and it's a message you sent from Satan and not from me. You deal with him. So speak. Answer him. Right. Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said. The devil said to him, and Jesus answered him, saying, It is written. And the devil said to him, and Jesus answered and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. And then the devil said to him, If you be. And then Jesus answering said, It is said, You shall not. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Got you. I overcame you. Jesus. So. So he says here. The warfare is intensifying. It's waging. You're in this warfare. He has engaged you. He engages all men everywhere. He is hate. The way God is love, Satan, is hate. Hatred, death, stealing, killing, murder. Jesus said he's a murderer from the beginning. He's a liar. There's absolutely no truth in him. Nothing in him. And he is hate. And he's defeated. Praise the Lord. So... So he says here, Sharon, here I am accurately, clearly identifying the enemy. As I promised Joshua, I would. The whole worldview, everything about the world systems, institutions, ancient spirits still working in the sons of obedience today. The warfare is intensifying. It is waging. You're in this warfare. He has engaged you. He engages all men, whether you recognize it or not. You're either overcoming or being overcome. You're either winning or you're losing, whether you know it or not. You're either victorious or defeated. You see, you will always know when you're overcoming, when you're winning and victorious. You may not know when you're being overcome, losing or being defeated. If you're not engaged in the war. You were born into this war. You were born to win. Your adversary, the devil, brings this war to your door. It's at your door to get in your house. That's why the Lord said this morning. What you watching in your house? You've been broken into. Your house has been broken into. If you had known that the thief would come and break into your house like this, you would not have let him in. You would not have let him in if you had known. That's why God's speaking to heritage of faith people about what's happening in your house, what you're watching in your lounge, what you're watching in your bedroom with your smartphone, what, 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 what you're reading, what you're reading, what you're what you, what you surfing, what you're what you Facebooking, what you're updating, what you, you know, God knows what's happening in our house, that our houses have been broken into. And God's saying, no, no, no. No, no, no. I defeated that, that thief. I defeated that thief. Now you overcome him. Glory to God. So, you were born into this war. You were born to win. It's at your door to get in your house to steal everything I've given you from you. You cannot say, I do not want war? I want no enemy. Joshua 3.10, this is the scripture that Pastor John brought us. Joshua said, hereby shall you know that the living God is among you, and that, that he will surely drive out from before you. The Canaanites, now listen, I'm going to bring you something that God gave me many, many, many years ago, revelation of studies that he gave me many years ago, and he suddenly pulled it into the now here with the scripture that Pastor John brought. I'm going to read it again, Joshua 3.10. Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will surely drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. These are enemies to be driven out from before us. The key is to saturate ourselves with the word of God to take the land. God always identifies the enemy. In Joshua 3 here, 9 and 10... Joshua was speaking to God's people about all that would prevent them from entering and possessing and occupying allotted spiritual territory and temporal territory, a maximum the Lord had for his people. So, I'm going to identify these enemies that have to be driven out of us and from before us. So, here we go with the Canaanites. Canaanites. You can do the whole study for yourself, but, or you can just believe me. I think, remember we were in Cape Town. I think Bryn was, yeah, he was little when the Lord started to speak to me about the Canaanites. Spirit of lust, spirit of greed, this is all going to be on the websites, spirit of greed for material gain, a self-trader, a peddler, they are from the descendants of Ham who saw the nakedness of their father and told others about it. This Canaanite spirit deals with money. Gehazi's covetousness around Elijah, 2 Kings 5. Judas betrayed Jesus. He coveted money. Through craving and covetousness, saints have been led astray, 1 Timothy five five. The spirit eventually destroyed Lot, Genesis 13, even though they could get Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah. He never came to anything after that. He just didn't burn up with Sodom and Gomorrah. But Sodom and Gomorrah was in him and in his daughters. Because he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He pitched his tent towards Babylon. He pitched his tent towards Egypt. He pitched his tent towards systems, world systems. He pitched his tent towards money, where the best money is, where the best everything is. Could be Because that's what Abraham said You can choose anywhere you want And he chose the best For him the best Was towards Sodom Right So here we go Canaanite spirit Sodom means burning with covetousness Fettered by covetousness, it means merchants who humiliate, people motivated by wealth and greed. Lust for accumulation of earthly and material wealth. We can't serve two masters. Canaanite practices was worship of demonic idols, which could be all of the idolatry that is in our world today. Sport, worship of Hollywood, worship of famous people, uh, all of that stuff. And it says here, worship of idols, taboo sexual acts, sacrifice of children to the Canaanite ways. Jericho was a Canaanite city. David countered, he counteracted the spirit of lust for acquisition by providing for the house of the Lord right up till his death. David counter, countered the spirit of lust for acquisition and greed by providing for the house of the Lord till the day of his death. He kept himself out of that lust for acquisition, the desire to acquire. Yo, Sha wa sha. Woo! Ha! Yeah! Shoo! Yeah! Wah! There's always a way out of temptation. God always makes a way out. He says, oh, Satan wants to get you with greed and lust and covetousness and you want stuff all the time and this. Provide for the house of the Lord. Always got a way out. Right? So that's the Canaanite spirit, the Hittites. Spirit of fear. Here we go. Fear. Terror. Intimidation. To break down by confusion. Violence. It comes from a word meaning terror, dread, and fearfulness. Every time you're afraid you yield to it. You yield to this. You're going to conquer. You're going to possess the land. And here's The Hittite. Here's the Hittite, the spirit of fear. To be afraid. Like all the other people in Egypt, we're all afraid. We cannot. They like giants and we like grasshoppers and they like giants. We like grasshoppers. See? Every time you yield to fear, that puff, spirit of fear, you recognize it and you speak. So, spirit of fear, Hittites, comes from a word meaning terror, dread, and fearfulness. Fear, bringing about human effort in place of trust in God. So, I'm afraid now I must do something. I'm afraid now I must do something. Okay. Israel, here it is. Afraid to possess the land under Moses. And Joshua is warning his people, we're going in now, we're crossing over now. You have to deal with fear. Like a rattlesnake, you have to deal with fear. You have to recognize that spirit of fear and you have to deal with it. You have to speak. You have to to speak like Jesus. With the mouth of omnipotence. You have to speak like Jesus with the mouth of omnipotence. You have to speak like Jesus with the mouth of omnipotence. You have to speak like Jesus with the mouth of omnipotence. What's omnipotence? It's all power. It's the Almighty speaking. It's what the Almighty says. Hmm? Aren't you glad you came? Glory to God. So Joshua is warning his people not... To fear. And Joshua is telling his people as well for the Canaanites, don't lust after things here. Now when we get to Joshua, when we get to Jericho, you're not going to take one thing for yourself. Except Achan did. Lust, greed, right? There's a beautiful garment, there's gold here. Just going to hide it, right? These are things we hide in our hearts when we love money. So Hevats, so we've done Canaanites, Hittites, here's Hevats. The Hevats, meaning of the word, is to live a lifestyle that is lived outside, lived out in the confines of the systems of this world in conflict with the kingdom of God. That is the Hittite spirit, the Hivat. the Hivat. living a lifestyle that is lived out in the confines of the systems of this world and in conflict with the kingdom of God, this Hivite spirit seeks to gratify desires outside of the will of God. A Hivite raped Dana. Okay? Spirit of deception, lies and fake, openly showing lack of identity, a false identity of who we are, to feel accepted by others, the need to show off, exaggerate, give a false impression and a pretender. Pretense is an immense offense to God. It's what Ananias and Sapphira did. They pretended to all the people in the congregation that they were also doing what Joseph, uh, not Joseph, Jesus' father, but another man, sold his field and brought it and laid the money at the feet of the apostles. And so they liked that, Ananias and Sapphira, so they pretended to do that as well. But they lied. Here's the spirit of wanting to make a good impression on others. Right? And living a lifestyle, seeking to gratify desires outside of the will of God. Here's the parasites now. The parasite is a spirit of distraction to separate us from the Word of God. There it is, parasite. Perid- it's to keep you from the Word of God, to keep you in isolation, to get you isolated or to feel isolated. A spirit. Spirit of distraction to separate us from the word of God, to keep us from the word of God. Isolation to get you, it brings a spirit of isolation to get you isolated or feel isolated. Perisite means unprotected, unwalled village. Unprotected, unwalled. This spirit seeks an unguarded opening in your life. Or an unguarded moment it wants to squat there. Right. Joshua was warning the people. Now let's go to the scripture. This unwilled, this parasite is important. Ezekiel 38, 10 to, Oh, it's quarter past two. Ezekiel 38. Let me just see here. Ah, oh, not much longer. Not much longer. Right. Probably about five or ten minutes. Is that okay with you? Thank you. Praise the Lord, and then I'll be done, and God will be so pleased that I've downloaded everything to you because it'll always be there for you to go and reference. What was that spirit? Perizat, Hetat. See, God didn't mention those enemies for nothing. Can you see this? Joshua was already warning these Jebus. They knew what those names meant. Hetat, Hivat, Perizzat, Gugashat. Ma Mama. And God promised, he said, now when you're going to possess, I will identify the enemy. Here's God identifying the enemy. In others, we'll see the operation in others and we'll not allow it to penetrate us. And then we might recognize it in us, but at least we'll know this is the enemy. This is the enemy, not wanting me. To get my full spiritual inheritance. So here we are. The Perizzites is the spirit of distraction. To separate for us from the word of God. To keep us. Okay. Ezekiel 38. 10 to 12. King James Version. Thank you. Ezekiel 38. Verse 10 to 12. Thus says the Lord. God. It shall also come to pass. That at the same time. Shall things come into thy mind. And thou shalt think an evil thought. Yeah. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. And having neither bars nor gates to take a spoil and to take a prey. That's how the devil is. It's just how he is. Oh, they're unwalled. They're unguarded. I'm going to take my opportunity. They've built no walls. Okay, I think I've got other scriptures here. Yes. Joshua was warning the people when they enter the land do not let your spirit be careless and drop your spiritual guard. Do not let your spirit be careless and drop your spiritual guard. Proverbs 2528. Look at this. Proverbs 25 28. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You see that? He that has no rule over his own spirit. Oh, Pastor Sharon, please help me and tell me how to have rule over my own spirit. Please help me. Please tell me how to have rule over my own spirit. Oh, that is, that is my absolute privilege to speak to you about things God has been speaking to me about. Demonic distractions, Buffett. Your spirit has to have walls. Fortify, he said to me in May. Fortify. Fortify, Sharon. Fortify your spirit. Fortify your spirit. What does that mean? Your spirit must be like a fort. Impenetrable. Strong walls, strong bars, strong gates. Your spirit must be fortified. When my spirit, I'm just reading to you from my journal, when my spirit is consistently fortified and dominant, then my soul becomes used to it that the real you is in charge and is directing it. Go now to the maximum. To fortify means to make stronger Enclose as if by a fortification. Fortify means make stronger. Enclose your spirit as if by a fortification. To fortify means prepare oneself for military confrontation. Ha! Are we preparing ourselves for military confrontation? I'm preparing myself. I have an appetite for war. I am like Caleb. As my strength was when I was in my 20s, so is my strength now in my 60s. Give me this mountain for war. I'm not going home anytime soon. I'm going to get this mountain. Give me this mountain for war. Give me my inheritance. Give me my spiritual legacy. Give me the fullness of my assignment. Give me, give me, give me this mountain for war. Yeah, you should go read what Caleb did to the enemy. So, fortified spirit prepare oneself for a military confrontation arm arm yourself the etymology of the word fortify it means to increase efficacy to increase its efficiency efficacy it's just a more half word for efficiency to increase its efficacy To increase your spirit's efficiency, your spirit must be in top ship shape condition. Your spirit man must be muscular and strong and fortified and powerful and like God. Your spirit man must be like God on earth. As he is, so are we in this world. To increase efficacy, it's a 15th century word. What is to fortify your spirit means? It means to provide your spirit with walls and defenses. It comes from fort, which is a fortified place strong, stout, sturdy, dreadful, terrible, fortified, mighty, brave, spirited. You must be strong in the Lord to walk by faith. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It will quiet all your questions. It will quench all your doubts. All right. I'm giving you some things here in a different aspect that you may have already heard all of this before, which you have. But I'm giving it to you in a fresh new way for you the way God gave it to me, right? Fortified. Fortify your spirit, man. Right? So... And then he said to me, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's Ephesians 6.10. To be strong in the Lord, strong is a Greek word, endunamu, And it means this. Be infused with an excessive dose of dynamic strength and ability. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. Be endunamu. Be in... In, infused with an excessive dose of dynamic strength and ability. It also means this. Let explosive power be deposited into you. It means receive a supernatural strengthening, an internal deposit of power into your inner man. Ha. Ha. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then he carried on with me joy. Fortify with joy. Joy of the Lord is your stronghold, your strength. It's actually stronghold in the, in the Hebrew, and it means the joy of the Lord is your fortification. It's your fortification. You fortify your spirit with rejoicing. You fortify your spirit with rejoicing. So, praise, he said to me, praise, fortify, edify. The Lord continues to speak to me and now reminds me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not your happiness or your happy feeling. The joy of the Lord is your strength, which comes from your spirit, recreated spirit man. It's your force. It's a spiritual force and fortification against the enemy. Hallelujah. That's why we rejoice in advance. That's why we rejoice in advance. The joy of the Lord. In being glad, making yourself glad, The joy of the Lord is your strength. This word strength means maoz, fortified place, fortress, force, strength, safety, refuge, and protection. There's my wall. There's my fortification, right? In being glad, making yourself glad, you're doing that because you're making him your refuge. You are fortified in spirit. Joy is a force of my spirit, and I've got it already. Glory to God. I'm not going to go through all of that now. So I'm telling you about a fortified spirit. I think I've got quite... All right. So... There was somewhere else too where he spoke to me at length about... Oops. Praying in the Holy Ghost fortifies your spirit, man. Praying. In the Holy Ghost fortifies your spirit, men. Makes it strong. Makes it strong. That's why Paul prayed in tongues more. More. Okay. I didn't bring my King James. All right. So do you have an idea now how to fortify? So? It's written fortifies. It's written what's in your heart. The word of God fortifies your spirit. The Joy of the Lord fortifies you. These are your big guns. And praying with the Holy Spirit in the Spirit fortifies your spirit, man. It's the same for you. It's the same for me. You don't have a secret way of getting strong in the Lord that I don't know about. I don't have a secret way of getting strong in the Lord that you don't know about. It's the same for us across the board. He's given us these big guns praise, rejoicing, God's written word. God's revelation word and praying in the Holy Ghost. So that's, I think that's it. Let me just see here. Where was I? Everything fell out. All right. I was telling you about the Hiptad. I just want to finish that. These are are various temptations, right? Various temptations. Oh, there's still the Gurkashats, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Levites, the um, Perizzites, the Unwalled, unwalled, the Perizzites. Listen to this. Joshua was warning the people when they enter the land to not let their spirits be careless and drop their spiritual guard. So, grace... Galatians six eighteen. the grace of our Lord Jesus be with your spirit. The grace be with your spirit. The grace be with your spirit. The grace be with your spirit. The, be with spirit. the grace be with my spirit. The grace of God. More and more power of the Holy Spirit to meet every evil tendency or meet any tendency or to meet anything. Be with me. Be with my spirit. The grace of God be with my spirit. Oh, wow. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, more and more power of the Holy Spirit. Be with my spirit. So, the perizade spirit. Grace, oh yeah, grace is operational power. Do not leave room for the devil. This perizade spirit also operates in lies and innuendos to create perceptions. The root word is parad. It means to separate and not in a good sense. It was first mentioned in Genesis thirteen seven when Abraham and Lot Separated because of their possessions. Perizzades represents a spiritual condition of disobedience and selfishness so strong that it separated them from God and impacted the relationships between righteous brothers. Yeah. And there was strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. There we go. Another meaning of Perizzite is wildling, rural, no discipline. They separated themselves and lived in unprotected, unwalled places, no fixed habitations, wandering here and there, scattered all over. It had a connotation of smallness. They see themselves and others with them that way, and the danger of not doing big, brave things with God. The Gergashatts. The Gurgershats means dwellers in clay soil. Dwellers in clay soil. This spirit operates to keep people earthly, earthy, and not heavenly. I'm just a vessel of clay. I'm just clay. So this spirit operates to keep you earthy and not heavenly. They had no exact territory, no inheritance, the Gergishats, and no occupation. It is also said this type of spirit promotes an emphasis in your life on temporal things and eventually produces a disregard for things spiritual and eternal. So these are all the enemies that, that Joshua is warning them that they're going to face. Yes, they're going to cross over. Yes, they're going to be circumcised. Yes, they're going to carry stones. Yes, they're going to build a memorial. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, they're going to be miracles. But here they are. I'm identifying the enemy for you, Sharon. Here they are. Here they are. Until we die and go to heaven, we're at war to win. So, wandering here and there. Gurgershats, dwellers in clay soil. Okay, This type of spirit promotes an emphasis in your life on temporal things and eventually produces a disregard for things spiritual and eternal. It also means a spirit of lawlessness, laziness, lethargy, idolatry, earthbound, clay soil, earthbound, focus on the earthly. Amorites means to speak against someone, Oh, Amorite spirit, to speak against someone so as to boast about yourself. Hmm. Hmm. To speak in order to cast down, to murmur against another, to say something in the wrong spirit. Shh. You can see Numbers 12, 1 to 16. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. They spoke out of envy and pride, out of the context of love, and the glory departed, and the congregation stood still. The Amorite spirit is a perverse spirit. It destroys. A perverse spirit creates a breach between brethren. Ecclesiastes 5, 6 says, What we speak is said before angels. Perverse words will set in motion spiritual forces, releasing cursing and not blessing. The spirit of murmuring, boasting, pride, boast of self, publicity, self-exaltation, fame-seeking, seekers of human glory. Jebusites, last one, this one. Right, then I'm done. Jebusites means to trod down with the feet to trample. It means pollution and defilement of the temple. To cast down in order to destroy. It causes you to focus on your failures and to dig around in your past consistently. To dig around in your past continually. Dig around in your past and also in the past of others in order to destroy it's a polluting spirit, and it will try to get us involved with, in things we shouldn't be to be influenced by the world's sin and trodden down by it. There we go. There we go. Isn't that wonderful? And so it does say here in Exodus, Moses says here, you shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me, for if you serve their gods, it will be a snare to you. So this conquest is a dismantling and an obliteration of the dark regime. These people were neither innocent. This was very powerful to me. These people, all these Gurgishats, Perizats that I've been speaking to you about, were not innocent or ignorant of God. It's not shame. These poor people, they were neither innocent or ignorant of God. They had been committing terrible sin, knowing full well of the true and living God. There we go. There we go. They were not ignorant. There's a lot of detail that that Bible um, concordance kind of went into about why they all knew. All the Gergeshites, Perizzites, they all knew about God. They all knew about God's people. And they chose. So bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of the afternoon. Oh, have I done well? Yes. Thank God is pleased with me. Hey, he's pleased with me. Highly pleased, thank you, MP. Yes. Hey, yes. I think he's pleased. very pleased, thank you. Highly pleased, thank you. Thank you. I just want to know that I've pleased him. That he's satisfied. That I've downloaded everything, you know. That I've done and spoken what I need to speak. Right. So those are all the enemies. So, eye opener, right? Hey, it's an eye opener. You think when you get into the promised land, there's no more war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's great victory because they did possess the land. We were born to war and win. I love you all very much. And, um, Thank you for being vessels and receptacles of um, God's word. You are all very loved by Pastor John and I. And on Wednesday morning at 7.22, I pick up up my great love. (laughs) Yeah. And so then we will be with him. We will be with him on Sunday. We will have a wonderful time. The little children in this church are so precious. I love you all. I love all the little children. Jesus loves all the little children of the world, of this church. Bye-bye, everybody.